0: Welcome back to Haircuts and Uppercuts. Today I'm with uh, amateur boxer from Wolverhampton, Gully. How you doing, mate? Hello, man. Nice to meet you, man.
1: Nice to meet you too. It's good to see you, man. I've been looking forward to this podcast for about a week now, so, you know, it's good to be on here with you. Yeah, it's it's
0: good to have you on. I've been watching uh, you through Instagram and that, and you don't believe
1: in days off, man. No, I don't believe in days off. To be fair, they do say you should take one day off, but I never do.
0: (laughs) So, obviously, with uh, lockdown and everything, pros are still allowed to train. And, you know, Team GB, you know, the elite, elite amateurs, they're still allowed to train. But for your average amateur, even high-level amateurs,
1: you're not allowed to train no more, are you? Well... Not right now because obviously the COVID restrictions are saying to us that apparently we've we're not safe to start fighting yet and there's so many amateurs in the in, in boxing in boxing clubs and stuff like that. So like what they're doing is they're saying that as soon as all these vaccines go out to both well, England boxing have been emailing everyone. They've been saying as soon as these vaccines go out and you know the COVID deaths go down and stuff like that. Hopefully everything will go back to normal. But you know, the problem is is that I think a lot of amateur boxers are feeling it right now. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are turning pro early and, you know, it affects everyone differently. But for me, obviously, I've got a mentality where there's different fighters out there that probably won't have that motivation, but I keep training anywhere. I grind hard anyway. you know what I'm saying? And that's my motto. But we'll have to see how it goes Anyway, I'd say in the next five or six months, hopefully everything will go back to normal. Yeah, I know uh, my boxing gym's reopening
0: on the twelfth, but just for the kids. And then, uh, like a couple of weeks later, it's opening back up to the adults. Obviously, there's going to be restrictions and stuff. But yeah. <clears throat> do you think you're one of the few amateurs that
1: have kept as busy as you are? Well, I've seen I've seen some other amateurs out there, man. There's there's definitely amateur boxers out there that have kept it going, kept their weight. You know what I'm saying and grinded hard through these tough times and you know it's just the mentality of a fighter you know what i'm saying at the end of the day as a boxer you gotta be very strong-minded doesn't matter where you are so you could train you could it doesn't matter if you train in a boxing gym or in a in a field you know what I'm saying you gotta keep the same mentality some people believe in atmosphere but I don't believe in that I believe in training hard anywhere you know what I'm saying I have the same motivation as I do by myself when I'm going on a jog than I do when I'm at a boxing club sparring hard you know what I'm saying and, that's, the, that's what fighters need inside of them. But yeah, definitely, man, I would say obviously quite a few fighters have probably lost motivation, but I do definitely see all the amateurs out there that are, you know, doing well for themselves and still staying active. And it's all love and support really, isn't it? Yeah, so I think with
0: the amateur scene, I I, I can't imagine there's going to be any amateur
1: shows until the end of this year, though. But, uh, well, what, what, what it is is that to be fair, I would say as an amateur, I would say I'd say September. You know, I'd say yeah. after summertime. I would say because the only reason why I say that is because half of the country have already got the the AstraZeneca, you know, the vaccine going around. So I feel like if the second vaccine, the second wave of vaccine goes around by um, July and then goes through summertime in the next couple of months maybe, then I think maybe September would be the start of the senior championships and all the amateur fights going back up. But um, I, we don't know, do we? There could be no. a lockdown yet. We still, it's it's tough out there, man. It's tough out there because it's just one person saying it. But like for other people, it's it's just a lot tougher than it is, man. You know what I'm saying? But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it whenever it is because I'm staying ready. You know what I'm saying? And that's the main thing. So it doesn't matter if it's in September or December or January. We'll have to see how it goes. So what what are your
0: aims for the start of the new boxing season. And obviously you've you've competed at a high level and done very well in the amateurs so far. Yeah,
1: I've I've well I've had 32 fights, I've won 25. So like I've been doing it since from a young age as well, you know what I'm saying? But I'd say my aims are probably I would say obviously get a couple of fights in there just before I go in the seniors and the Haringey Box Cup and you know the big the big stages, you know what I'm saying? But just probably get a cut about two warm-up fights in. When the boxing starts back up, get on a couple of shows, you know what I'm saying? There'll probably be social distancing bubbles and stuff, but it's just to get back into the ring, you know what I'm saying? Get back into that that zone of winning a fight and, you know, coming back stronger every time and just getting that win feeling back and then gain my confidence again to get back in the seniors, the Harangay, you know what I'm saying? Other, other championships, maybe the East Midlands Box Cup, you know what I'm saying? And my aim is to just win all them titles, you know what I'm saying? Get all them gold medals, the national gold medal. Um, I'm looking to get the and um, the Haringey gold medal. Just big games, man. Big games. Just keep winning, keep winning. You know what I'm saying? If I take it out, come back stronger from it. You know how it is. But you know that's that's the whole point of boxing. But yeah, just get them dubs in, man. Get them dubs in. that's my main aim. How old was you when you started boxing then? I was 10 years old. So I'm 18 now. So I'd say about well, just when I turned 10, I'll say about eight, nine years I've been boxing now. Probably about eight and a half years now. Um, Just kept it going, man. Obviously, you have wrong phases that you go in life. And sometimes you you do go downhill as a fighter. Every fighter will tell you that, man. Some fighters have their downhill early. Some fighters don't have it until later on in their career. But I I had a couple of phases where, you know, I could have gone downhill. But, you know, we come back stronger from that. And now I'm seeing greatness. You know what I'm saying? I always think about ambition in my head now. Like, you know, as Marvin Hagler would say, if you look into his brain, it's like a boxing glove. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how I think, man. It's all about boxing. And, you know, that's what I love to do. And I, for nine, eight, nine years, I've been studying the sport, different great fighters, respect all the world-class fighters. doesn't matter if I support one world-class fighter against another, I still respect all the fighters that step in the ring. You know what I'm saying? That's the main thing. Yeah. <clears throat> that's
0: the thing. I Obviously, later on they share, there's... You know, two brilliant fighters going toe to toe. You know you got Canelo and Billy Joe yeah. fighting each other. Now it doesn't matter if you're a Canelo fan or you're a Billy Joe fan. You're gonna want one of them to win. I like yeah. both of them. I, I want Billy Joe to win because he's British, but you know, I wouldn't ever bet against Canelo at the same time. So it's that's a problem sometimes when you get these massive fights when you get two well-respected champions going at it, like you're saying, you respect everyone that gets in the ring, but the problem is when two people you like
1: fight each other, you don't want any of yeah. them to lose. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the aim of the sport, isn't it? Like, there's a lot of respect between them. B.J. Alves Saunders is a great fighter, hands down, probably one of the best Southpaw slick fighters I've ever seen in my life, man. Like, I watched the guy and I think he's catching people with shots that I've never seen in my life, you know what I'm saying? That slick that slick left hand just gets everyone, you know what I mean? And Canelo is the, one of the best body punches I've ever seen, one of the best head movements, and you know, he's got the best skills I've ever seen in, in boxing right now in this era. I would say he's pound for pound number one, but Billy Joe Saunders is close to that stage. He's, Billy Joe Saunders had a great career. He's beat Chris Uvank Jr., David Lemuke, he's beat some good fighters, man, and, you know, he's definitely, I would say, top five best middleweights in the world. Obviously, I know he's super middleweight right now, but you know, in that that category, I think he's one of the best, you know what I'm saying, and I think he would cause Canelo trouble, I would say, I think, he would cause Canelo trouble, but I think Canelo always finds a way to beat his fighters, it's like when Colblev was fighting, Koblev is one of the great, beat, gave Andre Ward a great fight, you know what I'm saying, and Koblev is one of them fighters that brings it all the time, he's always sharp, he's always strong, and he's been through with the best fighters, and with Colblev, he was troubling Canelo, but then Canelo found a way to beat him towards the end of the fight, and it's just game plan reading, really and we'll have to see which fighter brings it on the night.
0: Yeah, hopefully Billy Joe wins. It obviously you've got to be patriotic, but it's yeah. a shame they've got to fight. But it's great at the same time. So, <clears throat> see, you're going to watch boxing as a fan, but you're going to study it as well. So, who yeah. who do you watch to
1: study? What like out of them two, or just no, just, in, just in general? Well, I well. I'm, this is people don't really remember the man, but R2 or Gatti, I still be yeah. him a lot. I think R2 or Gatti is one of the best, greatest worries I've ever seen, man. Like he didn't have the obviously RIP to him. he didn't have the best head movement in boxing, but his punch attributes, man, is amazing. The way through punches were like, I've never seen something like it. Like you have great fighters that throw fast slip punches, but with the R2 Ogatti, he was a man that you'd hit and you'd come back stronger. He would never fail to come back stronger either. Even though he took some L's, I still didn't stop watching him. Also, I like um, Nelito Donair. Nelito Donair is a great fighter. He's I studied him. You know what I'm saying? I've watched his fight, fight and he's a great fighter, man. Like Even though he's taken L's against Inouye and that he's still probably towards the end of his career. But even then, man, he gave him a great fight. You know what I'm saying? And still gave him trouble. But Canelo is obviously my idol. I look up to Canelo because... He's just a short, stocky fighter like like I look up to because I'm short and I'm small and I've got strong legs, strong body, you know what I'm saying? And his body shots are just sick, you know what I'm saying? I can't say nothing bad about Canelo, man. He's just he's killing the scene right now. Like after Floyd Mayweather, I've watched that Floyd Mayweather Canelo fight many, many times. What Mayweather did to him must have been great because it made Canelo the man he is today, you know what I'm saying? And that just shows you how great Canelo and Mayweather was as a fighter. To bring on someone like Canelo to be pound for pound number one right now and not even take it at all. Obviously, there's been a couple of fighters I would say that given Canelo trouble like Eristan Dilara, great fighter, great, you know, he's had slick south like um like Billy Joe Saunders, probably troubled troubled him as well. But Canelo right now, I can't see anyone beating him, man. Honestly, I think Billy Joe Saunders would trouble him, and I would love to see how Billy Joe Saunders would do against someone like Canelo because He's just a strong person. Even Callum Smith couldn't push him back and he's a strong middleweight. Um, but it's just, I, I, to be fair, I, I study a lot of fighters. So like I would say the main three fighters are them three fighters I've just mentioned. But I just watch different fighters just to see what type of style they've got. You know what I'm saying? And You know, so boxing is, really.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so I know if, uh, even now, oh, I'm approaching 32. I mean, you know, I'm too old. really compete in a couple of years time and i still watch and study and take things now i started at seven and i still do it now so i know that you're going to be doing it other amateurs are going to be doing it but (laughs) when you have like the fighters you've mentioned there's some of some of the best to lace up the gloves in my opinion but nanito denair Yes, say lost against Inui, but people forget Danair hadn't fought down at that weight in years. Yes, yes. And exactly. Inui is a beast. Uh, I've s
1: I have do not think I've ever seen someone that small with that power. You see, what it is with Inui, he's just he's got that freakish power, man. He's, you know what I'm saying? And for like I've watched Inui against Jason Maloney, another great fighter. And when you watch you when I watched that fight, I thought Jason Maloney. Follows me on Instagram. He's a great fighter. And I, I really like him. I think he's, I think he's when I watch his other fights, he's good. But what in did to him to see that is just shows you how great he is as a fighter. And then when he fought Ninito Dene in the Super Six series, um, that was also a great performance from him. Nieves, Nieves is a good fighter as well. You know what I'm saying? And he the way he beats fighters is like, how is he knocking out fighters at that weight, the way he does? And it's like he punches like a middleweight. You know what I'm saying, but yeah, it's scary. He's, yeah, he's like a five. Foot, I don't even know. I think he's about five foot four, five foot five, maybe. And he hits like, he hits. I don't know what he hits like, man. He hits like a, a middle way, in my opinion. His shots just you can feel the shots. You know what I'm saying? Even when I, you know, when he nearly when he dropped him, uh, Nito Denaire on the floor with the body shot. I yeah. heard that shot, man. That was a clear shot in the body, and I could see the the, the pain in Nito Denaire's eyes, man. I could see it, and I've never seen. Fair enough, Nicholas Walters did take out Ninita Denaire, but that was in the back of the head. But in the body shot, I've never seen Ninita Denaire even fall down to a shot like that. And it was just, it was just amazing to see. That fight there it was a great atmosphere. The Japanese crowd loved it and I loved it as well, to be honest. Just a just a great fighter in general, man. I think Death O'Pown Top 3. Yeah, he's got to be, I think. But he's he's one of the forgotten about fighters as well. Cause he's, you know, lower weight category, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's on the, you know what it is the bantamweights and the flyweights, they're, they're underrated fighters. They don't get enough. Well, Inuit probably isn't. And obviously, Ninita Diner is really well known about because he went up to featherweight to fight Nicholas Walters. And, you know, he's beat some great fighters in them weight categories. He fought um, Rigondel as well. He dropped Rigondel. And Rigondel at the time was supposed to be one of the best power, power fights coming up, you know what I'm saying? At the lower divisions. And, like, I don't think they get enough attention. But when you watch them, They've got every attribute, just like the middleweights do, just like the, you know, the the super middleweights, the light heavyweights. Like, it's just a bit. I think there's a lot more action in the smaller weights, to be honest. And yeah, there is. Obviously, because they're smaller, they throw a lot more punches. You know what I'm saying? And it's just different. It's just. I think maybe the money is because the money's not into them fights. People like to see the big guys like Joshua and Tyson Fury, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's how boxing it works. You know what I'm saying? That no one really wants to watch the low weights no more. Oh, well,
0: the heavyweight's the glamour division, isn't it? Mm. So, so once uh, lockdown's over and you're back competing, what weight do you you're going to fight at? Because obviously, you know, you, as you get older, your body grows. And if you're stepping up to the seniors as well, are you going to stay at the same weight as juniors? Or are you
1: going to step up? Um, I'll probably stay at 60kg, to be honest. But if worse comes to worse, I'll probably go up to 64 Whether I am sixty, I walk around about 64 anyway. But I feel strong at 60 kg, and I think that's my natural weight. I'm a good height for it. I'm strong at that weight as well. And in the championships, I fought in the last three championships. I won three Midlands titles at like um 60 kg, and it's been great to be honest. It's been great. So I feel like yeah, I'll probably stay at 60 kg. I've kept that. I've maintained that weight. <coughs> even now, you still walking
0: around at 64, and the gyms aren't even open.
1: Yeah, it's just. I've just been running you know what I'm saying always running you know what I'm saying so like I feel like my trainer still is in contact with me and he gives me a little schedule to do he'll tell me to go running in the morning and I I train with different types of people so like I'm very active I ride my bike around I'm always just hyper as hell you know what I'm saying I'm just always everywhere so I'll be going different areas training with my mate and then I'll come back have a rest and go chill with my other friend and do some training with him and you know that's how boxing if you want to be you know the best boxer out there you've got to make these sacrifices you've always got to get out of your bed early and you've got to train as hard as you possibly can to you know further on to your career and people don't realize that you know like people are in you in that that's exactly what they do that's exactly what Canelo does Canelo doesn't even take a day off he just keeps fighting every time every three four months he's just giving great fights out and then even even if you watch like okay maybe not the greatest fighters out there but they still get out of their beds as well you know what I'm saying so that's if you want to get to a level where you want to be on TV watching these British title fights and watching Josh Kelly's and that, they all do it, man. And that's how they get to that level. And that's the difference between a champion and just someone that just has the name for as a pro or amateur, or, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, well, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a 7 area middleweight champion, Bad Balls, and a certain somebody, uh, he's, I think it was on Love Island. Brad was calling him out, and he didn't want it. This guy's, you know, a, a pro boxer, but he apparently just does it for the Instagram. Who was it? Is who's that? Sport? Who's that? Sorry. Uh, I forgot. It's really bad. I should know his name. I've forgotten it. Let me just get it back up. Was it Tommy Fury? Was it? No, no, no. Um, this is bad. I'll have to edit this out. <laughs> no, I don't uh, don't right. So uh, Idris Virgo. I've heard of that name, but
1: yeah, I'm not
0: too sure. so you know what you're saying about you know proper champions getting up real fighters training. So I, I don't know Idris, I can't, you know, say anything good or bad about him. Yeah. But apparently only does it for the Instagram.
1: Well, to be fair, I only use Instagram to promote myself and get my name out there, really. So I like to post videos so like my fans and supporters can always engage with me as well. I always give out advice. People always text me all the time and stuff. You know what I'm saying? and That's the, that's the reason why I use it. But I feel like a lot of people do use Instagram just for the fame, for the clout and that's what they do. But at the end of the day, it's up to him. Like, I can't I, I have to say about that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it depends how far he goes on with his career. You know what I'm saying? And Great champions obviously don't duck no fighters. No. You know what I'm saying? Great fighters don't ever duck fighters. You look at Look at Crawford, like Crawford's fought Gamboa, he's fought Amir Khan, Kell Brook, he's fought good fires, Spence Spencer's done the same. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, great champions don't duck no one, you know what I'm saying? So, if that ducking stuff goes on, then maybe possibly, yeah, he probably is doing it for the Instagram. Please, I've, I think these days you have to use
0: Instagram to get your name out there. You know, like Ryan Garcia is a prime example. Mm-hmm. If he if he didn't have the Instagram platform that he does have, would he have fought Luke Campbell? Probably not. No. And would people in the UK know who he is? Probably not. And part of becoming a professional boxer these days is having that Instagram following and being able to market yourself and understand that it is a business, it's not just fighting.
1: Yeah, I'll get you. So um, I. <laughs> go on mate go on I, was gonna
0: say, I see what you're doing on yours and you know you're you're posting relevant stuff you know posting stuff about your training and working and on the pads and running and it's that kind of stuff that pays dividends in the long run because you yeah. will you will build up a following and eventually when you do turn pro you could have 20 30 000 people on your instagram account and that you know, if 10% of them buy a ticket, that's 3,000 tickets
1: if you got 30,000. Exactly. Uh, at the end of the day, what, what people need to remember as well is that boxing is not like it was back in the 80s and the 90s. Everyone's just ducking each other nowadays, you know what I'm saying? And fair enough, I understand it's more to do with the promoters, really. You know what I'm saying? It's not the fighters, because you look at all these fighters like TfEmo TF and that, I know they want to fight, but it it's too to do with promoters and Hats off to all the, the great fighters that have been undisputed, like Devin Haney, like the lightweight division is killing it right now. They've got Devin Haney, they've got um Tia Fimo, Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis, they've also got um Shaquan Stevenson, probably gonna come up to that weight. Man, they've got like that that weight cut that weight, you know, that lightweight is is destroying the boxing scene. They've got the it, it reminds me of like when they had Haglas, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns and all them, you know what I'm saying? And it is but Back then Marvin Hagler and all these fighters never actually ducked anyone. They used to just sign the contract, boom, let's get in there. Doesn't matter how much money we get. These are did it for the passion of boxing. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the difference. And TFEMO on that day, you can tell they want to fight. You can tell Devin Haney wants to fight TFEMO, you can tell Javante Davis wants to fight, but it's got to do with the management teams and all these people behind them saying, Well, you ain't gonna make enough money then, or you ain't gonna do this, you ain't gonna do that. And it's just people around them that just tell them things that maybe make them look like it's ducking them, but really and truly, we know it's not we know these fighters want to fight each other because at the end of the day if devin Haney and Tia Fimo fought in three months' time, you know what I'm saying they would they would have an amazing fight and then they would make so much they would make so many millions and that's the difference, but it's just it's just management really I think it's something to do with behind the scenes and stuff but we would never know what happens behind the scenes do we?
0: No uh, well, in the words of Lennox Lewis, it's politics,
1: yeah. Exactly. And that's that's the problem here nowadays. So.
0: so when when do you think you'll turn pro then? If you're 18 now, do you reckon you got? Another two, three years as an amateur before you turn over?
1: I'm gonna play the smart game. I'm gonna probably turn pro when I'm about twenty-three. So I got another five years in the amateurs. And the only reason why is because I think the greatest fighters have built their amateur careers or you know what I'm saying? And I wanna be that part of that, I want to be a part of that amateur. So like I want to I'm 32, I want to get up to about at least 70 to 80 amateur fights, maybe more possibly. I want to just get my name out there and get to the best promotions and, you know, just aim high, really. I don't want to be in, like, no small position. I want to get to a stage that's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Then build my name up and then hopefully get them great fights in the future. And I believe in myself. I think that I will get to stages in world-class levels because I can see... When people look at me and they they think to themselves, like, this guy is definitely going to be the person that's going to be from Wolverhampton making it out, you know what I'm saying? Showing everyone what it is and, the true potential I have for boxing and that's what I love to hear because that's why I post my videos because I want to make people know that I'm coming for all the smoke you know what I'm saying and I've got that confidence in myself but it's not all about me as well it's about motivating other people around me so that people that watch my videos they'll text me some people will be like yo your videos are making me more more inspir-. it's like an inspiration to me because now I'm starting up my own page and I want to try getting into boxing and stuff and that's exactly what I like to hear because it's about support and love you know what I'm saying and I respect anyone that supports me. I don't have a bad mouth, no fighter. Even my opponents, you know, what I'm saying, I respect them because they're stepping in the ring with me, and like they're stepping in the ring with me, and also I'm stepping in the ring with them. So it's like that mutual respect, and this is just boxing for you. Like I just don't have nothing bad to say about anyone. You know what I'm saying? And there's there's good fighters out there that obviously bad mouth other fighters, and you have got fighters that just stay quiet and do the talking in the ring. You know what I'm saying? I'm that type of fighter. I've got the talk, you know what I'm saying? And I always do the walking. I always show up. I don't ever like say to myself, well, I don't want to fight today. I'm always showing up. Every fight that they put me in, uh, in the amateurs, inspiring, doesn't matter if it's training, inspiring, doesn't matter. Even jogging, I always show up in everything that I do. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't just good at boxing. I was good at football and different types of sports as well. But I just always chose boxing. I tried out for Wolves when I was younger and I did well in it. But I never really wanted to get into football because. It wasn't something i I did enjoy playing football, but obviously boxing was the way forward for me because when I got into it, my dad put me into it. I just loved it every moment of it because I was hyper as hell. So, you know, changed the way I thought. Is that why your dad put you into boxing to calm you down then? I was just and I was just running around everywhere. Like I do even nowadays I still do the same thing, but obviously I'm a lot more mature. But when I was a kid, I used to just run around like a like a crazy kid, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's that's what makes great fighters. If you put a kid into a hyper kid into a sport from young, they could be the great next greatest thing, you know what I'm saying? They could be undisputed world champions in the future, you never know. But it's about at least trying it, you know what I'm saying? Like to everyone that's watching the podcast, I just want to say if you've got an ambition or something, make sure you go into it, you know what I'm saying? No point going in the wrong crowds and going through the wrong path. Make sure you stay consistent with your grind. And I hope everyone, I know everyone understands that, but some people don't choose to listen and that's where people's downfall happens. But just some advice out there, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, a lot of people need to realise that there's a difference between doing something once a week, twice a week, three times a week to being consistent and disciplined. It's it's a choice to get out of bed and go running. It's a choice to go, well, you know, I know it's your birthday, but I'm going to bring a of food, because I've got weight to cut.
1: But exactly, exactly.
0: And you know, a lot of people, I, I honestly, I advise everyone to go boxing or send their kids to boxing because I, um, I didn't grow up in England, right? I grew up in Cyprus. And oh, okay. I went to a, a school where literally everyone was white, right? So when I, I moved to England at um, 14, and you know it's uh, a lot more multicultural in england than it is in cyprus but diversity. I, yeah and you go to a boxing gym and it doesn't matter who you are where you're from rich poor black white yellow purple green don't matter it's a boxing exactly. gym exactly and i'm not gonna lie you're coming from a small island where everyone knows everyone to a different country you don't know anyone and it's diverse it's scary and then you go go to a boxing gym which is supposed to be intimidating like supposed to be it's not intimidating at all and you get there and you meet all these people from different walks of life and you realize that uh, oh this is cool Uh, um, uh, and i just i I just honestly advise it to everyone because it teaches you much more than how to use your fists and how to move your feet it teaches you life lessons and you make real friends.
1: Yeah, I think people also gain confidence from it as well. So like when you go to a boxing gym, I feel like, I don't know if there's boxing gyms out there that make you feel like you shouldn't be there, then that's obviously wrong. But the way I'm from, well, my boxing club is like, um, everyone's welcome. You know what I'm saying? It's diverse as hell. Everyone talks to each other. Everyone has a laugh together. But when it comes down to training, it's about training. You know what I'm saying? It's this pure discipline. And there's obviously kids in the lower classes that may, might mess about sometimes in here and there but as they get older they mature into the sport because I was like that I used to have my times when I was about 13 12 messing about in the gym and that but I feel like that's what young kids do in general obviously they're not mature enough to be in the sport yet but they still enjoy it being there so like go in the I'd rather kids go up in the boxing club then go up in the streets you know what I'm saying and that's the problem nowadays as well like in boxing clubs there's ex-convicts that will talk to police officers and you won't even realize and when you when when they actually say that it's like wow well, th- this is what happens in a boxing club but outside the boxing club it's not the same it's like it's different but boxing clubs in general just bring everyone together you know what i'm saying and that's the good thing because there's a lot more love and support in boxing clubs and great energy than there is outside of a boxing club and it just shows you how much a small building with boxing bags and a trainer and all these things and the atmosphere of gyms, blood, sweat, and tears just brings everyone together than something outside of boxing. You know what I'm saying? And that's a, it, it is great. It's great. I know what you mean. It's great, to, it's great to see that because, as I said, diversity is key. You know what I'm saying? If everyone sticks together, then we can all become strong together as well. You know what I'm saying? And it's lovely to see that. And that's just how boxing should be. And it should be for anything, really. Any sport, football, cricket, doesn't matter what, what sport you're in diversity should be in every single sport because it's just like I said it's the comfort zone of people as well everyone needs to be comfortable to be to be together, kids need to stay together and stay humble, stay respectful stay disciplined and listen to their trainers and that's when kids start to humble up as when they get older, you get what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's, cool. uh, I think boxing gyms teach a lot more than boxing and you know, I think it's, it's, it's paramount that kids do sport, they have to do it but like, say, about football and cricket, I just don't think there is that kind of unity in them other sports. You know, it's, it could just be my opinion from my own experiences, but
1: I just think there's something special about boxing. See, you, you're right, because people say boxing's like an intimidating sport, but it's not, man. No, it's, it's not. not. Because I, how can boxing be an intimidating sport when kids from the streets will get get off the streets and go into boxing? you Know what I'm saying, and even middle, even if you're middle class for people, you know what I'm saying, you get along with people that are lower class, and there's obviously not, it doesn't mean nothing anyway, but like, you know what I mean, like everyone just yeah. comes together, you know what I'm saying, and that's 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 the best thing about boxing, and I understand because when you go football and that, there's a lot more arrogance in a football club, like football, like you know, if you go to a different football club, it's like oh, I'm better than you at football, this and that, but I don't ever hear say, someone say in a boxing gym, I'm better than you. You know what I'm saying? I never hear that. And I don't think there's enough. Maybe you have a couple of people that have egos and stuff, but it's not like football where like footballers obviously think they're better than each other all the time. You know how it is, man. Like football is a different type of atmosphere of a sport. But in boxing, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard in my boxing club or even going to different boxing clubs saying that I'm better than you. You're not, you should not be here. You should not be here. Like the disrespect, there's a lot more discipline in boxing than there is in other sports. And that's the reason why boxers are, tend to be a lot more respectful than other sportsmen in different sports, but even then I've watched cricketers as well, you know what I'm saying great cricket, I like cricket as well I think it's a good sport, and when I watch the IPL, the 2020 and that, they all have respect for each other and there's a lot of diversity as well in them sports, so, but maybe boxing is just a different factor, you know what I'm saying, there's a different factor to a, to life than different sports, but yeah I get you, yeah. even like MMA I was going to say, like MMA brings it as well now, there's a lot more it's Thai boxing and that comes in the MMA so there's a lot more diversity in MMA and everyone's coming back in together into that which is good because it just shows there's another sport that's bringing a lot more people together and that's good to see because it's a, even though it's people like there's a lot of people out there that would say it's a violent sport and people how could you do that man like I've got a boxer's nose you know what I'm saying so like when people go into a boxing gym they, they're going to think oh yeah he's a proper boxer is, you know what I'm saying but they say it's violent they say oh yeah injuries and this and that but what don't you get injuries nowadays from? You can get injuries anywhere. You know what I'm saying? You could you could be a firefighter, a police officer, you can get injuries. You can have a construction job and get injuries. So it's just the way mentality is. It's just, you know, I, I think boxing is the best sport in the world, in my opinion. I don't think there's any sport that would ever beat boxing because even when it comes down to football being the biggest sport in the world, I still think everyone loves boxing more. You know what I'm saying? Deep down. And yeah. that's the difference.
0: I guess you'll
1: be tuning in this weekend. Uh, yeah, I will be. He's fighting this weekend, sorry. Just uh, remind me. White rematch. Yeah, um, I was just going to think. I thought he's kind of Ben, but he's fighting a different time he is. Um, yeah, he, uh, what's his name? I think Dylan White's obviously going to be him in the rematch. Hopefully he does anyway, but I like Dylan White. I like Dylan White. I think he's I think he's a very gained fighter. He's got a lot of heart as well. He's got the eye of the tiger. That's what I see in him. He's not scared to fight. He loves to step in the ring. Povetkin's obviously a gold medalist. He's another great fighter, man. Like, I've watched Povetkin from when he fought Klitschko and when he fought, diff- like, Anthony Joshua and all them fighters there, and David Price. Povetkin is a dangerous, dangerous fighter. But Dylan White is also dangerous. They've both got very similar attributes, in my opinion. they both got a very sharp left hook. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes the fight dangerous because they both got real power. They're both similar heights, and they're both really strong heavyweights. And they've both been against the best as well, so like, they've both been against Joshua. But I think what happened was in the fight with Dylan White and Povetkin, Dylan White, I think he was he got a bit too confident. And I respect that because I know how that feels. Sometimes you get a bit too confident in the ring and you know you overstep the mark where you should have just taken a step back and just got back into your boxing form. But with Dylan White, I think what he did was, because he was so confident in the fight, he kept the same game plan, but he should have changed it just a slight bit because Pavetkin knew what was going to happen because Povetkin's the type of fight you could drop and then he would get back up. You could drop him again, he would get back up. And you have to knock him out completely to beat him. Whereas Dylan White couldn't take him with that one punch. But he could have if he could landed it. But Povetkin wasn't letting him do that because he was doing all the slippers and sliding and stuff. But in the rematch, I think it would be a great fight to see again. I do hope Dylan White does beat him this time, though, obviously. But um, still, Povetkin still gained fights. So you never know. You never know. In heavyweight boxing, it just takes one punch. Do so you think it's
0: going to be revenge then?
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I hope it is. Anyway, man, I want Dylan White to win that fight. I, I really do like Dylan White, and I, I like like Povetkin as well. But I do want the fellow Brit to win the fight. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, know. I want,
0: I want Dylan to go and win. But I was, <clears throat> I remember watching it, and I was on um, Facetime to my mates. Obviously, you couldn't watch it together. And I remember saying like, he's going to get chinned. Like, ah, he's, yeah, he's bashing him up. He's bashing him up. It, he's asleep at yeah, the wheel. Yeah. He's going
1: to get chinned. That's what happens. All, obviously, with, um, sorry, it's just my dog. Um, what dog you got? I got Staffy, man. He's just barking oh, nice. away, man. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, Dylan White, Dylan White is a very, like, what's the word? He's a very tough fighter. And you proved that when you fought Joshua the first time. And everyone knew thought that Joshua was just going to walk through him. You know what I'm saying? And, Joshua is one of them fighters that if he lands a shot, it does hurt a lot. But Dylan White did take a lot of his shots. So it wasn't just the walk in the park for Dylan White and for Joshua. Because when Dylan White landed that left hook, it did hurt him. You know what I'm saying? But at that time, I don't think Dylan White was matured into his prime yet. You know what I'm saying? He was still great, but he wasn't matured into his prime as when he fought Joseph Parker. Or when he fought Lucas Brown, or them fights there, he was a different fighter then because he learned a lot. But I think he needed that L to come back stronger and have that streak that he had. You know what I'm saying? And obviously that's what makes him Dylan White a great fighter. And I, 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 I think, I think if he beats Povetkin, I'm not too sure where he can go after that. I feel like him and Wilder should have a fight to be fair.
0: Yeah, same. Of course, Fury and AJ are gonna have to fight twice. So he's going to be in a situation where he's going to be mandatory for another 4,000 years again. Yeah. How see, was it
1: mandatory? He's, for he's, he was, he's been mandatory for about. So see, well, I think him and Joshua fought in about 2016, was it 2015? Maybe about five years now, six years. Yeah, it was mandatory for a long time. And he could have fought Joshua in a rematch. They did offer him the deal. They did say to him, well, Joshua did say to me, if you're going to fight, but. Dylan White said the money wasn't right, you know what I'm saying? And then he missed his title shot there. But that that was probably either his best decision or his worst mistake, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, his career, I don't know how old, I think he's about 30, 31 now. He's coming towards the end of his career as well, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he's obviously at the end of his career, but he's coming towards that end of the career. But every title shot would benefit him right now. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, going to happen now or in like one year's time but he needs them title shots but with Wilder he Wilder was, I think Wilder did want to duck him a little bit though because he knew he was dangerous as a fighter and with with Dylan White, he throws a lot to the body, so when he fought Asuka Rivas as well, when he fought Asuka Rivas I rated him because he was disciplined in that fight, he's landing really good body shots and I think Wilder just because he's so tall but Dylan White so strong with the body shots, I think that would have troubled Wilder but with Wilder, he's got that one right hand. You know what I'm saying? And if he lands on Dylan White... Yeah, it's lights know, out. Yeah, it's lights out. So it's, that would have been a good fight. And that's, that fight would have sold tickets and a half, man. And I feel like if he beats Povetkin now, him or Wilder should just go for it. They should just go for it. And it depends if Wilder wants to come out of where he is because he's gone really quiet. If he wants to go fight Dylan White, that would look good on his resume because then he could get back to that title shot. So if Joshua does beat Fury or Fury does beat well I don't know if Fury and um, Deontay Wilder will fight again but if Fury Joshua does beat Fury and becomes undisputed heavyweight champion I feel like he might give Wilder a chance back at least you know what I'm saying or yeah. if Dylan White does beat um, if Dylan White does beat uh, what's his name um, Wilder, yeah Pavekin and Wilder then he will have a title shot with Anthony Joshua again. You know what I'm saying? It will make sense then. But we'll have to we'll have to see, like, heavyweight boxing. There's so many great fighters in the heavyweight division right now. Even, like, upcoming, like, we had Daniel Dubai. We've got Joe Joyce still. we still got um Fabio Wardley. All these other good fighters coming up. And what I think Joshua should have done was vacate the WBO and made another world champion. You know what I'm saying? Or at least vacate the WBA or WBC or the WBO. Or just... I don't think you'll vacate the WBC because that's the main title. The IBF is also the main title as well. But what you should have done is vacate the WBO title. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think
0: that's the plan. So once they have the first fight, so then it's for all the marbles, Mm. the WBO is going to get vacated and then Usyk and Joyce can fight for that. But that's what um, Eddie was saying on IFL the other day. It makes sense though. It does, yeah. I feel
1: like, I feel like Dylan White deserves it, you know. And you see, I think Dylan White is the man that deserves it because, like you said, he's been mandatory for the WBC, but they should just give him the WBO world title at least so he becomes a world champion. And then him and Juzic could possibly fight for that world title, you know what I'm saying? And it just... Because there's so much politics in boxing, it makes it a lot harder for the fighters. So Dylan White's been waiting for that world title shot for ages. And it just you can see how much it stresses him out as a fighter, you know what I'm saying? And he deserves that. I personally think he deserves a world title fight right now, in my opinion. Yeah, He's re- the next person in line.
0: I reckon they should just bin all the belts personally, just get mm-hmm. rid of them or keep the ring magazine or just have one belt. Because what is it? WBA, they've got regular, super, interim, in intercontinental. And it just WBC are just as bad now, you know. They've got franchise champion,
1: champion, diamond belt. Mm. Doesn't make sense, though, because that's what Tia Fimo was saying as well. Um, Tia Fimo was like, to uh, What's his name? Um, Eddie, and he was like, Oh, if you, if, if I'm the undisputed champion, the Eddie said, No, you're not. You're the franchise WBC champion. So yeah. you ain't undisputed. You're just franchise WBC. So you hold the belt, but you ain't the WBC champion. Devin Haney is. And then I didn't realize that there was franchise belts in the pro game, yeah. And I feel like they should have just kept it to from interim to, from intercontinental to interim to um, world titles. That's it. But what they're doing now is with the diamond belts, and they're doing the, the franchise. That it doesn't really make sense, in my opinion.
0: No, that don't just, make sense. It's just for sanctioning fee money. That's all it is, isn't it? All right. So before we wrap this up, what is your prediction on AJ Fury? If you if you add- 500 quid, who would you
1: put it on? Ooh, so I would put it on Joshua, you know. Really? I, I, I like Fury, man. I think Fury's a great fighter, and I, I always will figure he's, like, he's got the best movement in the heavyweight division since I've seen Muhammad Ali, probably, but the problem is that I feel like Joshua knows how it feels to lose now, and I'm not even just saying it because I like Joshua. I've I like both fighters the same. I like him just as equally as one of another, because they're both really great, you know what I'm saying? They're both great, and I feel like they're, like, that level, you know what I'm saying? And I think with Joshua, I think because he knows how he, he knows how it feels to lose, he's got a lot more – he ain't got much to lose now because he already knows what it's like to lose. Whereas Fury, if he loses, his reputation goes downhill. I and mean, then people love Fury because he's a people's champion. And even though, you know, great fighters like Muhammad Ali have lost, he wants to be a, that undefeated fighter and show that he's the greatest heavyweight in the world. And that's where he proved in obviously the Wilder fight when he got back up in the 12th and he showed the world how he was. But I feel like Joshua just isn't Wilder. Joshua's a lot stronger than Wilder as in, you know, the way... Okay, fair enough. What he did to Klitschko to rack him up and hold him tight and make him tired and that it won't work with Joshua because I feel like his game plan is going to be a bit lot more different to what Klitschko is. He's obviously going to watch that fight over. He's obviously going to watch the fight over with Wilder. He's going to see where he could actually catch Fury. Whereas Fury knows that Joshua is a very strong and gained fighter. And I feel that Fury's not as hungry. Ho- I don't want to say he's not as hungry, but I feel like because he's beat while there, maybe he doesn't have the same hunger. But I don't want to say that because with Fury, you never know. He comes in every time, you know what I'm saying? He shows the world what he's about. And I, just, I would say Joshua wins that fight. And I feel like Joshua will end up taking him out. And I know it's, uh, people would disagree with me on this one, but I, I believe it.
0: Oh, that's what makes the sport interesting, opinions.
1: Mm.
0: So I personally think uh, Fury's going to smash him up. Yeah. Yeah. Not for any other reason than the fact that I look at the attributes, right? Fury's got better feet, better head movement, better lateral movement, can work angles better. I wouldn't say his uh, punch output is higher, but he's got a wider variety. I get what you mean.
1: Yeah, but then, I get what you
0: mean. Joshua is a serious finisher. If he gets you hurt, you're done. Yeah, he take you out. And I, do, I don't think he's lost his killer instincts, but I think uh, with the Pula fight, he was a, a bit more cautious. Disciplined. Yeah, and uh, I think that could play into his hands fighting Fury because he's not going to rush in if he thinks he's got Fury hurt. And yeah. let's face it, if you've got Fury hurt, that's not enough. You need a baseball bat, a shotgun, yeah. or
1: something. Because he, he gets up. Something that Joshua could use, though, is body shots. I've never seen no one take it to the body with um, Fury except for Ottawa Wallin, really. That was the only fighter. I I, even though Atta Wallin was not probably the best fighter out there in the heavyweight division, he still gave problems to Fury. And I know yeah, he he's could maybe what Joshua needs to do is go for the body. I, I can see it clearly. Fury will get hurt to the body because he hasn't obviously got the best physique and he ain't trained for his body. But the re- the only problem is that you can't catch him to the buddy because he's like there and he's like over there. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be a trouble for Joshua, but I feel like Joshua will find a way. And I feel like now he's changed his, obviously he's changed his, um, court, um he's changed his training. He's got different trainers now. He's got fluid maybe for helping him. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I know that it's the fighter himself that's fighting, but that Floyd Mayweather help might just give him the, you know, yeah, the angles yeah. and give him a lot more attributes in this fight to beat someone like Fury. But now that the fight's signed, at least we know that there's not no more ducking no more. You know what I'm saying? There's no more talk. It's all, we're just ready to see the fight. And I can't wait to see it. If Fury does win the fight, fair play. If Joshua wins a fight, fair play. I want to see both of them do really well in that fight. But I feel like in my opinion, Joshua is going to win that fight. And I feel like, cause he's the underdog as well. I like underdogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I love, I love how the underdogs come and prove the critics all wrong. Cause that's what I am. Like people always prove me, like say to me, you ain't going to do this and that. But I just think, now nah, you'll see, you know what I'm saying? And when I show people how it is, it's the best feeling in the world. So I feel like Joshua is going to have to prove to the world that he is the best heavyweight. Whereas Fury's obviously got that reputation of being the best heavyweight already. You know what I'm saying? So we'll have to see anyway. We'll have yeah, to that, see. That's
0: a fair point. I never actually thought of that. You know, the, uh, the mental side of it. I did I just because you look back and against Klitschko, Fury was the underdog. Both times against Wilder, he was the underdog. Even mm. though as far as I'm concerned, he beat him in the first fight, you know, rose from the dead like the Undertaker in the first fight as well. Yeah. But he still went into that rematch as the underdog. And if yeah, he, he goes in there and he's not the underdog, you never know.
1: See, I I, I knew Fury was going to beat Wilder. I knew I thought I thought I, I I thought Wilder, yeah, would drop him. I did predict that he'd drop him, though, but I didn't know which round he would drop him. But I did predict that Wilder would end up dropping him. But I didn't know he was going to drop him the way he dropped him, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was going to be one where he might just catch him. You know, like he dropped him yeah, in the eighth him. round, was it? You know, in the eighth round, he just dropped him the floor and he caught him with a shot in the back of his head here. And then I thought, all right, fair enough, there might be a knockdown. I did think like that, but I didn't think that Wilder was going to take, put him on the floor and the way he was and then. I thought that fight was over when I said yeah. that I thought that's it it's done now and then boom the guy got back up and won the rest of the round doesn't make <laughs> sense it doesn't make sense it's does mad it? isn't it yeah it does but we'll have to see anyway man I think that will be a great fight I know you will enjoy watching that fight because we're both boxing fans and as a boxing fan I don't, don't get twisted as a boxer I'm still a big boxing fan myself yeah. so even though I'm going to be Probably potentially one of the greatest fighters in the future. You know what I'm saying. I'm still, I still love watching fighters now, even if they're undercards the or underdogs or whatever, whatever. You know, we'll have to see, man. And that's the love of sport of boxing. There's only one winner, unless there's a draw, and then you come back rematch, and then the only be one more winner. So, you know, I'm just ready to watch that. I'm happy to see it, and I'm happy that they signed the deal anyway, because we'll have to see two. We'll see two great fights now. So, yeah. Well, what we'll have to do is. Uh
0: we'll have to get you back on after the Billy Joe Canelo fight and after the AJ Fury fight
1: yeah yeah and
0: uh, <coughs> with uh, Rob and Scott as well and break down the fights because it's uh, it'd be good to have somebody else's opinion and you know you're boxing so it would be interesting to see the outcomes and see what we all think
1: yeah definitely man I I'm, I'm anytime man anytime you want me to come on the podcast just let me know you know how it is man
0: Right, wicked. Well, thank you for coming on where can people find you on socials before we go
1: um, just just, go, just follow well, I can just say I'm there right now follow yeah. me on Instagram, my name is gully underscore bus, my Snapchat name is gully underscore one time and my Facebook name is gully power I don't really use the rest of I don't really use Twitter on that anyway but mainly I use Instagram so if you want to see my best boxing content please follow me up on Instagram please follow up hair, haircuts and uppercuts as well Great podcast, man. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'll be promoting this anyway, so don't worry about that.